Hey, I'm Miles. And I'm Alex. And this is our podcast. All right. Welcome in, everybody. We're going to be having a little bit of a shorter segment today, but we wanted to get something out on Saturday before the Sunday games. And I'm going to get straight into our first topic, which is basically about Super Bowl slumps. So this year, the Rams and the Bengals, both the teams last year to make it to the Super Bowl, were off to a really slow start. The Rams and the Bengals are both 2-2, two and two, and both of them, who were supposed to have really strong offenses, both are failing to put up uh, the same amount of points that they were able to do last year. And overall, they just don't look as strong as teams. Yeah, they just seem they seem flawed. Uh, the Rams offense, it took a, a big took a big bang. They lost Odell Beckham Jr. Allen Robinson has been underperforming. They also lost uh, a big name like Vaughn Miller. He's been doing pretty good in uh, Buffalo without them. Aaron Donald is still very good for them. Matt Stafford's kind of looked iffy. Cooper Cup really looks the same, but you know they just they don't seem as gelled as the offense. It doesn't it doesn't seem like a Sean McVay led offense. They showed some flashes. They had a pretty good end to the Atlanta game, but. Overall, they seem pretty slumped. This Bengals O-line somehow seems even worse from last year, and it seems like all that money they spent in free agency on, like, Lyle Collins just... It doesn't It doesn't seem doesn't seem like Joe Burrow's very protected, although Joe Burrow has picked it up towards the end. You know, a win over the Dolphins without Tua Tungavailoa and a win over the Jets doesn't really impress me. doesn't really scream, you know, like like how they screamed last year. Yeah, I also want to add, in both these teams' losses, they were relatively embarrassing and also just a poor showing. The Bengals lost to the Cowboys, and also they lost to the Steelers. Both those games, they failed to put up over 20 points, which is pretty pitiful. Um, I mean, the Steelers do have a good defense, and in that game, Week 1, it was a close game that went into overtime, but Joe Burrow threw four interceptions, which is something we, we just rarely ever see from him in a quarterback of his caliber. And in the Cowboys game, they were going up against a backup quarterback in Cooper Rush, and they still failed to win that game. And for the Bill, oh, sorry, for the Rams, the Rams were absolutely humiliated in both their losses. They were humiliated in prime time, first against the Bills, where they lost 31 to 10 in week one, and then they lost 24 to 9 to the 49ers on Thursday night football. Um, overall, these, just, these losses are just awful and uncharacteristic of both these teams who we thought had high powered offenses and also just better overall teams than this i thought that they would start strong but that's not the case yeah it it truly has been the offenses that have taken the taken the biggest hit jamar chase hasn't been as productive as you would like to see this season although to be fair he's getting much more attention because last season he was a rookie uh but you know compared to the Bengals defense Bengals defense really they look they don't really look that different, and if they do, they look a bit better because, you know, they haven't been allowing that much points. It's really been the offenses that, uh, for the Rams, too, the offenses have, that have just been the story of their underperformance. Yeah, and before we end the segment, I just want to bring up some other notable teams that went to the Super Bowl then had a massive slump. Now, the 2011 Giants, who upset the Patriots in the Super Bowl, failed to make the playoffs with a 9-7 and records in their 2012 season. And even worse than that, 2015 Panthers, who had a great 15-1 and season and lost to the Broncos in the Super Bowl, failed to make the playoffs with a 6-10 and record. Now, both these teams have very different stories, but from this point on, it's, it'll, be a, it'll be a watching point to see whether that happens to either of these teams. Because going into the season, I don't think anybody expected 
these teams to even really struggle. I expected them to be at least at the three and one mark, maybe four and zero mark. And right now, they're not looking great. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's really all there is to say. We can't uh, we can't really look into the future right now, obviously. So we don't know how well they're going to do uh, in their other games. But it has been a slow start at minimum, and just two teams that did really well last year and are really those guys last year. They're just a lot of underperformance this year, and it's been surprising to watch, to say the least. For our next topic, we had, we are also doing underperformers. We're also doing overperformers, too, but we're talking about fantasy underperformances, and we're talking about fantasy overperformances. My first guy for fantasy underperformances, he was a tight end who used to be the guy two years ago. He was top three. Uh, and he really came out of nowhere. Great underdog story. I really like the guy, but I'm talking about Darren Waller. And whether it's his fault or not is, you know, up to it's up to the individual to decide that. But at the least, you can say he suffered from target share. Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, two guys who weren't really uh, Devontae Adams wasn't really he wasn't in the Raiders last year. And Hunter Renfro, he kind of blossomed last year. They've been taking a lot of targets from Waller and you know it just doesn't seem like Derek Carr's or Derek Carr's going the tight end option uh, I believe every single game he's played he's had close to 10 points or under 10 points he hasn't really had a game where he's done above average so far as a tight end and he if you picked him up early thinking he was going to be who he was two years ago I just think the target shares is too big of a hit on his drafts on his draft stock for him to be you know that same tight end that was picked you know early in previous years yeah, about Darren Waller, I feel like what helped him a lot in previous years was his volume and the fact that he kind of acted like a security blanket yes. for uh, Derek Carr. But seeing Derek Carr's relationship with uh, Devontae Adams, it feels as though Waller's relationship to Derek Carr in that way has been kind of replaced. He is um, he obviously is a great weapon, but when you have a guy like Devontae Adams who is so close with his quarterback... I have no doubt that Devontae Adams is the number one option in that offense. If there's a if there's a play that needs to be made, it's going to Devontae Adams. The look is not going to go towards Darren Waller, and it's very disappointing to see. Yeah, it just kind of um, seems like he got the he kind of got the the worst that could happen to his stock in getting the most volume demanding wide receiver with a quarterback who had a relationship with him since you know that's his college quarterback. So mm-hmm. big hit on Waller, right? All right, going into the next underperformer, I'm going to switch positions and talk about running backs. I'm going to talk about Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is ranked overall as a 22nd running back in ESPN Fantasy. He's averaging about 12.6 points per game. And going into the year, he was supposed to be a top three to top five running back. It was, you know, it was likely that he was going to see a decrease in production just because of the fact that we thought with Matt Ryan, uh, we thought we'd see more of a passing offense. But, um, this offensive line is just look awful, quite literally the worst offensive line in football. And this team is constantly in a deficit due to turnovers by Matt Ryan and overall uh, just poor, uh, poor ability by the offense to put a point. So they're not really running the football very much. And it's just going to look like Jonathan Taylor might kind of fade away. I still think he might be a top 10 running back this year, but overall his production is going to keep on dropping. I don't see it going up. Yeah, very disappointing for the running back who previously was uh, the number one running back in fantasy last year. Uh, he was a lot of people's number one picks this year, and so that is a big detrimental blow to you know someone who 
hypothetically picked him number one this year and didn't get another pick until the end of the second round. Uh, that that type of underperformance can write your whole fantasy season off, and it's really sad to see for those who actually picked him. All right. My next underperformance is going to be a quarterback, and I don't think this just goes for fantasy underperformances. I just I think this is just an underperformance in general that happens to seep into fantasy. I'm going with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has not been putting up stats this season. Uh, I know he wasn't really a highly projected quarterback, but you know if you were one of those guys who built up depth and then waited for a quarterback to fall on your lap and you happened to pick Russell Wilson, that that was that was the wrong choice because he's been pretty bad this season. I think he's projected for 13 total touchdowns this season and 10 total interceptions if he continues this rate, and that is just not elite quarterback numbers. That is very bad quarterback. He just doesn't seem like he's going to get a lot of production done this year, and you know his coaching situation sure doesn't help him a lot. Uh, he's had one outline, outline game where he had 27.48 points uh, against the Raiders, but that really wasn't too good of a performance either. I don't see him getting a game above 30 at this rate. I think the best of Russell Wilson has passed in both his NFL career and his NFL fantasy career. Yeah, I think Broncos country is riding into the ground right now. I don't really <laughs> see I don't really see a way that this offense is going to pick up if Nathaniel Hackett is still that head coach and Russell Wilson last night um when he played the Colts, that was like one of the worst quarterback performances I think I've ever seen. Two awful interceptions and it just doesn't look like he's in his prime anymore. Ever want to see a Russell Wilson primetime game again. Yeah, you know, looking like Kirk Cousins and that. All right. Broncos country, let's cry. <laughs> All right, now moving on to the next underperformer. This one is a little bit more under the radar, but I think fantasy-wise, people expect it to be a bit different. But I'm going to be talking about wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. He's the 47th-ranked overall wide receiver, and he's averaging about 10 points per game. But going into the season, I think most expected Juju to be the clear wide receiver one in a pass-heavy offense with the Kansas City Chiefs. However, he's yet to receive meaningful touches, and especially meaningful touches in the red zone because Kelsey is the number one option in that department. But it seems as though he's not exactly being able to put in a position to shine in this offense with a lot, a lot of weapons. But I would be expecting uh, Juju, with a player of his caliber, to be able to get more production in such a pass-heavy offense. But so far, he has not been able to do that. Yeah, the long balls just haven't been going his way. Uh, one thing with that pass-heavy offense is you know, other than Kelsey at tight end, they don't really have any more, like, surefire guys. They have a lot of guys who can do it. So Mahomes has just been spreading the love, and, you know, Juju has gotten a fair share of his targets even because of that. So, you know, if you picked him up, you're not really getting Juju who is as valuable to the Steelers' offense as he is valuable to the Kansas City offense. He doesn't really seem like uh, kind, of, kind of the same situation with Darren Wally. He doesn't really seem like he's getting that much targets. Although it's it's not the same because it's not like a clear fire star, like a bona fide star that's taking his his stuff. It's just Kansas City. He's suffering from Kansas City's depth at wide receiver. And also his, his playmaking after the catch just he, he doesn't seem he, he hasn't been busting out as much moves that he's he's done in Pittsburgh. It's it's really detrimented his fantasy game. The lack of receptions and the lack of yards after receptions. There's just a lot of better guys who could go instead of Juju. And so for that reason, he's been underperforming. All right, now we're going to get into two overperformers. 
Now, my first overperformer, you could say, well, he's known for being good in fantasy, but by over overperformer, I mean he took his spot back. You know, he took a bit of a hit last season. He was injured a fair portion of the season. And I'm going to be talking about yet another quarterback in Lamar Jackson. I actually picked him up this year. Very proud of that decision. He's had two back-to-back games where he had 42 points against the Miami Dolphins and 39 points against the Pats. And once again, by overperforming, I mean he took his spot back from Josh Allen, who was the best fantasy quarterback last season. He took it back from Patrick Mahomes. He is the clear-cut number one fantasy quarterback right now. He's had one little hiccup game, but you know, I don't, I don't believe that. Uh, I don't believe that's going to affect him too much. Uh, that game was against the Bills, who are known for having a really solid defense and a big scoring offense. So you know, uh, they're going to eat up a lot of time on clock, and they're going to. And they're going to hold them out on defense. But, you know, Lamar has, re- has re-solidified himself as the number one as the number one quarterback in fantasy. And, you know, if he keeps this pace, if he keeps this pace, he's going to have that for the whole season. Yeah, Lamar's playing like a bona fide MVP right now. And honestly, what's really great to see about him is every single year, he's always improving on something. This year, he looks like even more of a defined passer. And people still question the fact that He's not a running back, and that just makes me so angry. Like he is so so good overall. He has so many he has so many like assets to his game. He is just everything you want in a quarterback. Um, I'm gonna be moving on to our next overperformer, somebody who has really showed out, and I was a little bit again a little bit under the radar as a wide receiver, but um, I think they've played really well so far, and that's Christian Kirk for the Jacksonville Jaguars, averaging 17.8 points. He's ranked the 11th wide receiver from ESPN Fantasy. And he stands out as the number one option in Jacksonville. But coming into this year, I think a lot of people thought he was very, very overpaid, which, you know, he did get one of the highest uh, contracts in league history for a wide receiver. But that was surprising because he came over as a wide receiver, too, from Arizona. But him and T-Law seem to have very strong chemistry. And right now he's on pace to be a top 10 wide receiver by the end of this year. I'm very, very happy with his performance. Yeah, I actually put him for my uh, number two overperformer. Uh, also, he's had he's been the number ten wide receiver, and in three consecutive games, he has had seventeen point seven points, twenty five point eight points, and nineteen point two. His one little hiccup game came across the Eagles, which so far has been one of the best defenses in football. And I'm not going to going to really hold that against him. Uh, he only had 8.3 game uh, points in that game. But overall, he has been a consistent 15-plus and certainly a wide receiver that could certainly rise in the ranks next season. You can see him jumping a couple rounds. And, you know, with Trevor Lawrence improving, too, and a new look for the offense, uh, he fits really well with this Jacksonville team. Yeah, it's interesting to see, though, just – how he's changed so much from his days in uh, Arizona. I just thought he wasn't actually that productive there, and I didn't think he was anything more than a bona fide slot wide receiver or maybe a wide receiver too, and he's improved a lot. Um, and moving on to our next Oprah performer and our last one on this list, I'm going to be talking about a rookie, a rookie running back named Damian Pierce, played for the Houston Texans. He's been averaging about 15 points per game, and he's overall ranked the 15th running back, but I just want to highlight how he's basically – being the the main asset to an offense and he's basically in an awful 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 situation i cannot state that enough he's in houston with a bad offensive line and pretty much no help around him um but still he's putting up very very productive games on the ground and 
it'll be interesting to watch his production as this year goes on, but I'll be expecting that he keeps on getting a lot of touches as there's not a lot of weapons on the offense other than Brandon Cooks, perhaps. Um, but I do think that he could carve out a good role into this offense and maybe be a piece to build around for the future. I really like the way that he's played this year. Yeah, I think the lack of talent surrounding him is benefiting him and increasing his uh, uh, usage rate. And I think that's something that uh, is very valuable in fantasy. If you're one of the guys on your team who you know can get stuff done and you don't have a lot of other guys on that team, uh, you're going to get a lot of stuff done because you're going to be getting the ball a lot. And I think he has certainly benefited from that. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. So next topic, we're going to be talking about our top five quarterbacks in football, but we're going to be doing it based off of NFC and the AFC. I'll be handing the NFC and Alex will be handing the AFC. So I'm going to get us started with somebody who going into the season, I thought that most people would have ranked them a bottom 30 quarterback in the NFL. I thought that he was basically a low-end backup. But Geno Smith has put on a show so far in Seattle. It all started in week one where he outperformed Russell Wilson when they matched up in primetime. But so far this year, he has 108 QBR, six touchdowns to two interceptions, and he's really doing well. Obviously, he does have some weapons on that offense, but it's really impressive to see what he's doing. And also just in a situation where he doesn't have a great offensive line and also in a position where we've seen Pete Carroll not really supporting a quarterback, but Gino Smith is impressing so far. I like him at number five. Yeah, I like that uh, number five pick too. It's kind of ironic because, you know, you may have not seen Russell Wilson at number five if he was in Seattle. So it almost seems like Seattle got a surprising upgrade in Geno Smith. Yeah, probably didn't even have him top 30 either, but you know, for the NFC, which, you know, might be a little weak in quarterbacks, he's actually squeezed himself to that top five, and I agree with that ranking. My number five, he had a, my number five is someone who, I don't really know where to start with Tua Tunga Uh Obviously, his game against Cincinnati was pretty tragic, uh, and, you know, the events where he had two concussions on a, one on a Sunday night game, and then he had to play a Thursday night game, and he got a concussion again. Uh, there's a lot we can talk about, we can say about him, and he is an example of why the NFL needs to uh, protect concussion players, especially with CTE uh, being a major being a major hindrance in NFL players' uh, lives after football. Uh, but but before that stuff, he had eight touchdowns and two interceptions, including arguably the best game this season by a quarterback, where he had six touchdowns and two interceptions against the Baltimore Ravens. He also had 469 yards that game and a 124 passer rating. Tua Tungavailoa has made use of his weapons, and a lot of people are questioning his ability to get the ball to Tyreek and get the ball to Waddle, but they've also been performing too. So Tua Tungavailoa has you know, made use of all of his weapons, and he's blossomed himself into that top five for the AFC quarterbacks. Yeah, it's really happy. It makes me really happy to see Tua get get up there. And also, it's glad that he's being respected by you and also other people in the media because I think he's earned it. Now, my number four quarterback, although his stats may not be the most, I, I would say impressive, I think that he's doing a great job and leading a great, great offense. But Jalen Hurts at number four, his eight overall touchdowns. He's spreading the wealth to all his receivers with about 1,200 passing yards already this year. And he's doing a good job of basically being the perfect dual-threat quarterback He's providing in the, in the running game. He's being a sufficient option there while also being able to spread the wealth to 
um the, I, the, I don't know how to, i don't know what they, exactly they call it, but the batman receiving core you have skinny batman Devonte smith you have swole batman and yeah. aj brown and you have fast batman and quest Watkins. and i really like what this offense is doing and jalen hurts is the leader of that oh yeah he's just been one of those quarterbacks who can get done on both the rushing and on the passing uh side of the ball and he really has been <laughs> he really has been distributing the wealth to the to the Batmans because, you know, Devontae Smith, he had a monster half. I think it was against the Commanders where he had 150 yards. And A.J. Brown is still a wide receiver number one in fantasy. Uh, overall, he's just benefited everyone around him. And everybody who everybody who's questioning his pick is looking a little bit questionable. You know, those Alabama QBs, you know, back-to-back Alabama QBs, you know, it's been, it's you know, they've had a lot of criticism in the past. So it's good to see they're kind of blossoming. Uh, they're kind of blossoming into uh, to actual they're they're blossoming and being respected so it's it's good to see that for my number four uh i have a quarterback who can be described in two words gun slinger i got justin herbert he had one hiccup game uh and that wasn't too shabby uh it was against the jacksonville jaguars which you know you could say they're not elite but they're pretty elite this season uh and overall he's been really really productive this season uh he's had three games with above 100 passer rating he's had nine touchdowns and two interceptions he's just been productive uh the guys who are ahead of him are only ahead of him because they're legendary he could be a quarterback number one someday in this league yeah i was wondering where you're gonna rank herbert just because of the injury and all the things that have been going on in his situation but i think he's i think he's maybe the most talented quarterback in the nfl he's amazing um now my number three I think you might get a little upset with this, but you'll obviously like to see him number three still, Aaron Rodgers. Again, like you said, they're legendary quarterbacks. It's hard to really put them anywhere else uh, than than top three, top two, or, or or actually the first position. But I think that Aaron Rodgers, with everything going on, with the lack of receiving talent around them, he's still performing very well. And he's still playing like a top five quarterback. Yeah, I'm not going to fight you on that. Aaron Rodgers hasn't quite matches MVP caliber seasons uh, previously, but then again, he's had no Devontae Adams. He's doing what he can with a little amount, with little amounts of talent around him, or, you know, he has young talent who has yet to blossom. Uh, Aaron Rodgers at three, I don't think that's ridiculous at this point in the season. May change, may not, but, you know, overall, fair. Uh, and for my number three, I'm going to be once again talking about Lamar Jackson, who, you know, as I talked about in the fantasy segment, was just overall productive two games with over 100 yards rushing and you know given that he was called a running back i'd say every single game he had with at least 56 uh, com- percent completion percentage is pretty solid overall the only reason he's not number one is once again the guys ahead of him number one quality quarterback lamar jackson has he could be the face of the N- uh, afc in future seasons and so far he has been playing like an mvp candidate uh it's good to see him you know being back here after that injury he had last season yeah, I, I agree with that. And for my number three, I be- or sorry, my number two, I believe this is interchangeable with number three, but it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady has struggled a little bit in games this season, for example, in the Dallas game, but offense does look a little bit shaky. The running game has been a bit questionable, but I have no doubt that Brady will pick it up and we'll see uh, We'll see what happens with uh, his revenge game, the Dizel the revenge game, the divorce game. I think that Tom Brady's going to go for five touchdowns, whoever he plays next. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. Who's your number two? Yeah, I think Tom Brady's going to perform as well as his divorce lawyers are going to perform in court. So that's uh, 
pretty good to see. But my number two, I have uh, Josh Allen. Now, I really wanted to put him at number one in uh, the season, but, you know, there's just one guy ahead of him who's uh, also pretty talented. Josh Allen, one of the more likable quarterbacks in the league. Uh, you know, he, he kind of throws a fair amount of interceptions. He has three this season, but, you know, he'll also throw 10 touchdowns. And, you know, two of those first interceptions were, you know, in the first game, which he was previously flawless in other than those two plays. So I'm not going to really ding him that much for that. Could be number one, could be number two. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate you if you put him number three, but Josh Allen is super talented and he's leading the Super Bowl favorite, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. He belongs right up there. And I think that he could also make a case for himself to be MVP, but we'll see how it goes. All right. Now, my number one, if you're listening at home, I need a little drum roll right here. This is going to surprise a lot of people and may make them mad, but I have Jared Goff at number one. Oh! Jared Goff has been playing absolutely out of his mind. 11 touchdowns, only three interceptions, 100 QBR. He's keeping his, game, he's keeping his team in games. He is playing absolutely out of his mind this season and i'll die on that hill about that number one scoring detroit lions motown offense with dan campbell and jared goff two of the greatest guys in the nfl love to see jared goff give that praise number one it's kind of hard to think about but it really does make sense what a job he has been doing this season with the Ross st brown and tj hawkinson he has been spreading that love not a lot of complaints you can say about jared goff most of the lot, all of the losses so far the Lions have suffered have not been because of him, but because the defense has ended up so many damn points. Overall, you'll love to see Jared Goff doing good. Can't fight you on that one at all, even though it might sound a bit ridiculous <laughs> if somebody has been watching this season. Yeah, you're right. For my number one in AFC, I have something, you know, that's just a bit less shocking than Jared Goff at number one for the NFC. I have Patrick Mahomes for number one in the AFC. We've known this for the past four seasons, ever since his first season where uh, ever since his first season where he's been playing, he said his rookie season, but his first season he, uh, that he truly played, he won MVP. So we know we know what this guy's about. 11 touchdowns, two interceptions, three amazing games. Ignore the one versus Indiana. It doesn't say anything about him. Same old Mahomes, new NFL, new division. You know, division's talented. Mahomes will conquer it. It doesn't matter. Mahomes, number one. Can't fight that. Yeah, even without Tyreek Hill, he still looks like old Mahomes. He's putting all those haters to sleep. And that'll do it for our first podcast. Uh, We're hoping to get more time on the next one. But, you know, it's our first podcast back. Let us know if you liked it. That'll conclude it. Thank you for listening, everybody.